0: I'm Kim Grinnells of dogman.com with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund, week two, spring ball, 2019 underway. Practice today started indoors and then moved outdoor, kind of, uh, I I don't know, overcast with a spitting rain a little bit, but overall weather not bad, I was talking to Trey Adams said they love this stuff and Terrell Bynum said, yeah, their toes don't melt in this like down in California on the artificial (laughs) turf. But uh, a lot of special teams work today. Nothing really jumped out today except maybe a couple of things on the quarterbacks. But today was a lot of emphasis on special teams, Scott.
1: Yeah, um, and what was interesting, I was watching uh, they were doing a uh, kickoff return. And setting up and for the you know they don't call it a wedge anymore because that's illegal to have well,
2: the wedge a wedge. Two, it's a two man wall yeah, is what a two it man is. Wall
1: basically is what it is. And and coming together and um, Jordan Pow Pow was running the drill and he was ta- talking to each one of them about setting up. So they the guy would catch the ball, the two players would come together to set up the wall, and then he'd stop everything and say, "All right, where's your positioning? Where are your eyes? What are you looking for here?" And then he would blow the whistle and they would go like they were doing the return. So it was really interesting because um, on one uh, rep, the player, the ball came a little bit shorter. So the guy caught it up maybe the like, seven or eight-yard line instead of the goal line, which is where they were kicking it to. And um, the blockers did not move forward they stayed in their same spot but they they want about a 10 yard separation between those guys and so he was emphasizing why so it's really you know but football is a brute sport and everybody just thinks it's running into each other at full speed and everything like that there's a lot of precision involved in it and if you're even you know six inches the wrong way or position out of position by six or seven inches it can make the difference in a success on a play or a uh, play being blown up. Yeah, it's, it's
2: it's it's choreographed. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely choreographed. And I would say too that um, you know the, the the guys that were doing the two man wall, it was either like a a defensive tackle and a tight end. So they would have like Thule and Kate Otten, or Thule and and Jacob Kaiser, or they would have. Uh, Taki Taimani and and one of those guys I saw one that had Benning and Joe Tryon together which was interesting so yeah so I mean that that'll give you a sense of some of the guys that they are looking for protection and those guys were also involved in the wall in terms of the the up men in the punt in the in the punt uh, cover game Mm -hmm. so I thought that was interesting too they're they're getting
0: uh some some bigger guys involved in that oh you kind of blew by it but having Taimani back there Tell people how big time. Yeah, is Sam Santamoni
1: is a big boy, you know, he doesn't uh he doesn't really um in, in impress you too much with the uh w- you know with his physic or his athleticism or his height, but man, he's just a big body and and big lower body and everything like that. Sama Pa'ama still has the biggest
2: lower body on the on the team though. I
1: mean, that guy Bigger is, than MJ knows, LA? Absolutely. His legs are bigger than MJ LA.
2: I was gonna say we do we wanna talk about Sama a little bit? Well first of all just today
0: was today was the first day where they had pads on. Yep. Yeah. Well,
1: so, I, Saturday they had, uh, I think, shoulder pads on.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: and then on, today was full pads.
0: But the most they went was thud tempo, and it was very, very, very little of thud tempo today.
1: Yeah, and they're, they're going to do mostly, they call it cut tempo or something like that, whatever it's called. But whatever it is, they they, they do, that's all they do. They don't do full on tackling. The, nobody does full tackling anymore. It's,
0: it's just they don't do it. And when we're watching practice, we don't know what the practice plan is because they're trying to work on certain things. Today was a day where it looked like the defense dominated, but was practice designed to make the defense dominate today? Because it was definitely a day of the defense today.
1: Yeah, the the defense I think stepped... I mean, from what we heard from Saturday's practice, we weren't there. But from what I heard, the defense dominated. They had at least four picks on uh, Saturday. There were some big turnovers uh, that they were able to force. So, um, you know, it's just... It's kind of that yin and yang of, of spring football and fall camp, you know, where... One day, one unit's going to be
2: better than the other, and vice versa. So, I, would, I would also add too that, um, you know, when you get out in the elements a little bit, it's it's going to be a little bit more conducive for the defense. Um, you know, the receivers who are catching passes all day long inside, all of a sudden they're starting to drop them now. So there's a little a little bit of that well, as well. It's
1: not just that they're getting used to the routes the players are running. They they can eyes eye the formations and different things like that. The the offense is running the same play sometimes over and over to get the offense used to things. So, you know, it, you just you just can't read too much into any of these things.
0: Yep. Yeah, um, Keith Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, pick six today.
1: Yeah, sat on a route uh, run by uh, Andre Bocelli. Uh, Jake Haner was a little late throwing it out to him. Uh, Keith Taylor came up, picked it off, took it back 25 yards for a touchdown. But, you know, that was the only turnover of the day. I was actually really surprised. There were a couple that should have been had, like Alex Cook had one that he dropped um cam williams. cam williams had one that he dropped and um uh what's his name uh, brandon wellington had one that go, went right
2: through his hands uh, i was gonna say i think i heard the, wh- the horn start to go because i think they anticipated he was going to pick it off and then he didn't yeah because that one could have been a pick six
1: too because he caught it right he would have been right in the flat but um you know that i thought the defense definitely had the upper hand today
0: uh, Brandon McKinney kind of threw us off. He's wearing number 23. We knew that was going to happen. but uh, It you know, happened on Friday, though. Yeah, but it still kind of threw me off a little okay. bit. But uh, thats he doesn't look like Jordan Miller. But yeah. uh, uh, Brandon McKinney definitely looks like he cemented himself into one of the starting safety spots.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that he's going to be your starter there uh, unless something really weird happens. Um, what's real interesting is going to be, that, you know, I was talking to somebody on the sideline, one of the parents of a, of a player, and they said they think that Miles Bryant's going to end up moving back to safety. Really? Um, and, and I said, Really? And he said, Yeah. He says, I, You know, the, they want to get a guy like Dominic Hampton or Kyler Gordon on the field. Well, how do you do that? Neither of those guys are playing safety. Those guys are playing corner right now, although Kyler has been kind of rotating between the two, but but he's been playing almost exclusively at corner. And so um, I think what they'd like to do is move him to safety, move Miles Bryant to safety, Elijah Molden inside to, to the slot, and then have Hampton and or Gordon on one side and Keith Taylor on the other. That's a big set of corners right there. If you have Hampton and, and uh Taylor out there, I think it's probably the biggest, if not the country, then definitely on the on the West Coast in the Pac twelve. Yeah. Isaiah Gilchrist has been getting a lot of reps yeah, too. He has. He has and I think he's acquitted himself well. I think he he's a guy who, who could still see a lot of playing time
0: this year, but um solid solid but not spectacular. Yeah, he's
1: never gonna blow you away with his playmaking. He he just doesn't he just doesn't look like he's got the athleticism that some of these other guys do and the aggressiveness.
0: Yeah. Any other year, he'd probably be a starting safety. But, boy, I, I, any other year prior to Pete and Jimmy yeah. Lake. But, uh, you know, yeah. the defensive secondary is still just loaded out. Yeah, there, so.
1: absolutely loaded. You know, they, they've got NFL guys all over the place.
0: Yeah. Um, also, just, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, any of the freshmen, any of the first-year guys kind of jumping out of the first-year redshirt freshman? Really making a, a move?
1: Not that – not that I've really seen. Um, to me, it's still just Josh Calvert and, yeah. and and Cameron Williams. But even those are the two. Cameron Williams is doing a lot more than even Josh Calvert is. I mean, Cameron Williams is probably doing the most. And I think one of the things is, uh, Jimmy Lake has has said that you know we want to get him in the system. We think he could play for us a lot this year. So him, uh, Cameron Fabi Kulanan, who's going to be here in the sp- uh in the fall, or I'm sorry, in the in the summer, and. Um, you know, th- those guys, man, it's just because Cameron fabi Kulonen thought he was going to be up here for spring ball, and it didn't end up happening. So, And then throw in Asa Turner, who's big, who's just a big kid. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see those. Trent, Trent
0: McDuffie, too. Yeah. Just Trent real, McDuffie, yeah. Is it going to be Jackson Sermon and Josh Calvert uh, vying for a spot? For the starting spot? Just right for the playing time. I don't know about starting, but no. playing time. No, I don't
1: think so. I think they're uh, they're playing the same spot. So, yeah, I mean – I guess
0: who do you I like don't know. better
1: there right now? Oh, Calvert's the one who's kind of stood out, but I think Jackson is just going to be that guy who's just solid.
0: When you put he, pads on,
1: yeah, he's just not going to be. He's not going to be that guy who blows you away with all the spectacular plays he makes. He's just a solid player with a high football IQ who can make plays. He's great in the passing game. He's really good at, in coverage. Um, you know, I, you know he and he. I, I saw it in a in one drill. Uh, Mj Tafisi had had one where he um, didn't. Uh, you know, he he got ragdolled by somebody in the in the running game. So you know, it is just it's real interesting that the I think Wellington is probably one of your starters as long as he's healthy. But whoever ends up playing that, whether it's DJ Beavers if he gets back healthy, if it's Mj Tafisi, if it's um, Jackson Sermon, I. Who knows? Well they Kyler, Kyler Manu, Manu playing it right now, yeah. but I don't think ultimately he's going to be the guy who ends up there. I think someone else is going to end up in that starting spot.
2: Well, it, it feels like they're comfortable with those pairings, so right now they're comfortable with Wellington and Manu with the ones, and then the twos right now are Tafisi and, and Jackson Sermon, so that's the way they've been running them, and Calvert's getting some run a little bit here and there with like Ben Hines and with some other guys, so... Um, that's at least that looks like how they've been doing it so far.
0: Yeah, really looking forward to when we finally start to see some, you know, contact out there. We haven't really seen any because some guys really step up when, you know, uh, they're able to pop. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's what I'm looking most forward to. And when, when's that going to happen? We it don't happened
1: know. a little today. I mean, they're playing thud, but it's, it's not – they just – they never are going to do a lot of contact. They just – this is not football from the 80s, 90s, 70s, 80s, 90s. This is – New millennium, you know, they just don't do a lot of hitting.
0: Well, defense may have been, you know, the dominant side of the ball today. Uh, one of the other storylines is the uh, quarterback uh, rotation today, Scott.
1: Yeah. Were you a little surprised by the fact that Jacob Eason, now granted you, he, he got a lot, of rota- uh, a lot of reps in the last team session, but early in practice he wasn't getting hardly anything.
2: Well, I think they're just mixing in a lot of turns with all those guys. I if it's too- not, If it's not team – it's not a team period they're going to run those guys and now now the only two guys that ran when they went thud tempo were Jake Haner and uh, Jacob Eason and Haner was the one that threw the touchdown mm-hmm. and Eason couldn't get the you know the, he got a couple first downs but they weren't able to to score and and strike the way that Jake Hayner was was able to lead the offense so I don't know right now who do you say is in the lead <laughs> I don't think you can say anyone's in the lead at this point I know Bush Hamden says no one's in the lead right now but I I think Jake Haner's in the lead right now. You just sent a lot of people to the Aurora Bridge, Chris Fedders. After
1: day four of camp, of okay, that's what people do, <laughs> you know. I, you know, it's
2: just it's such gonna it's such gonna be a give and take thing with these quarterbacks. But do we need to remind people that he's the one that actually played last year? And yeah. after the after yeah. the North Dakota game, everyone was anointing him. He should be getting a lot more playing time and this and that. And then the Cal game happens, and then everyone goes back in their shell.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's just this. They're not going to. I, in my personal opinion, they are not going to name a starter until the week before, when we see the, um, final, uh, depth chart. Agree. out. One hundred percent. You're not going to know who it is. You know, maybe we could tell. Did you know that it was going to be Jacob Browning, uh, Jake Browning, no. when when he when they we went to surprised. face Boise we State. We were
2: surprised. Did you No, really, did no not anything? at
1: all. Especially with how many interceptions he threw during during camp and everything like that. No, none of us knew that was going to happen. So <laughs> anything is possible. you know, Pete, Chris Peterson has a certain criteria, and I'm assuming Bush Hamden does too, have a certain criteria they're looking for from their quarterback. Obviously they want a guy who's going to make plays down the field, but they also want a guy who's going to take care of the ball and a guy who's going to be a leader on the field and a guy who's going to make good decisions. I don't think we've seen enough from any of these guys yet to know what that, if that's the case or not.
2: One, one thing I will say, though, in talking to Bush Hamden is that he talked a little bit last year when they kind of did their autopsy of the season and kind of looking and what went right, what went wrong, is that they felt sometimes maybe a little earlier in the season, I think he pointed to the Utah game, is that they were in situations sometimes where they weren't necessarily running their offense to, to, to go down the field and score as opposed to maybe trying not to lose. And um, cool. I just get the feel. I just get the well. It's because when you have a manager, when you have a manager like Jake Browning, you can kind of maybe adopt that mindset a little bit from time to time because he detrimental to you. As well, well, but he can manage the game. Whereas now you've got five guys who can legitimately just cut it loose and go and go crazy, go down the field, have the arm strength and the, and whatever to to do that. And so now they're I think they're trying to simplify things because that was kind of his his biggest mantra talking to the to the media today was trying to simplify things and 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 really kind of get back to the basics
1: not, not to get off the subject too much, but Kim asked about uh, true freshmen, you know the new guys showing up and and actually showing out i would be remiss in not saying that actually um, Dylan Morris actually had I think a pretty good day today. Yeah. Well I thought he was talking about the defense
2: specifically but yeah, oh, okay. it, it, yeah.
0: Dylan Morris for sure.
2: He had a good day today. But Chris
0: yeah. when you talk about you know playing you know not to lose I think that was kind of ingrained to them you know to dump the ball down you know and we've still seen quite a bit of you know them dumping the ball down and taking what the defense is giving them but they've got some quarterbacks who can definitely throw the ball but one other thing you know we're seeing what they want us to see as well because there's a reason that they close practices, you know, on, on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, so we're not seeing everything, and there's going to be quite a few more closed practices where, you know, those those are the ones where we'd probably get more information if we were able to sneak in. But, uh, you know, like I said, you know, there's things that they're purposely not showing us out there.
2: Yeah, yeah. But that said, I think it is interesting that I think the, the, the trend towards trying to maybe simplify some things offensively, it kind of does go hand in hand. With the fact that, regardless of who becomes the starting quarterback in the fall, they're essentially going to be breaking them in. I know Jay Kaner has a couple games' experience, but he's not really, you know, he's not he's not a returning starter. And so all of those guys, you know, even Eason, with with all the stuff that he did at Georgia, he's two years removed from that. He's still going to be coming back like he's got a lot of, of rust to kind of shake off and, okay. and, and kind of move hot,
0: from there. Hot seat Chris Fetters. Who's the starting quarterback in the first game of the season?
2: Well, right now, if I had to base it right now, I think Jake Hayner would be the guy.
0: Who's the first,
2: who's a starting talking, quarterback in the first game? We're talking about Eastern Washington. We're yeah, not talking no about much, Auburn yeah. and Atlanta. Who's- well,
1: I agree with Chris Fetters. As of today, it would be Jake Hayner. Do I think that's going to be it when it happens? No, I think it's going to be Jacob Eason. Yeah, I But know. But, it, it, look, it doesn't just matter what happens on the field. These guys have to get it done off the field. They have to be in the weight room. They have. I'm not saying they're not doing it. I'm saying there is so many components to this than what we just see out on the football field, right? It, there is so much to it that it's really hard to even make that call and with any sort of certainty because we don't know <laughs> – we we think it's going to be Jacob Eason, but is he getting it done in the classroom? Is he getting it done off the field? Is he staying out of trouble? I'm not saying he's in trouble. I'm just saying, is he doing all those things? Is Jake Hainer? Is Jacob Sermon? Is Colson Yankoff? Is Dylan Morris? We don't know. We don't know a lot of these things.
0: So who's the starting quarterback so against Eastern? I
1: just said who it was. I think it's going to be Jacob Eason, But as of today, it isn't Jacob Eason. It's probably Jake
2: Hainer. And, and Kim, let's remind people, you said hot take, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I just don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Why? it's going to be Jacob Why is there Eason. no doubt? You, you talk about the external stuff. There's a reason Bush Hamden brought him in, you know, because he was down in Atlanta dealing with Matt Ryan. Dealing, I, I just think there's too many intangibles, and I think that Jacob Eason's got gonna, going to give you the highest upside.
2: That may be the case, but does that make him the right choice?
1: I, I just don't know. I, I, I would disagree with that. I would disagree with you that it's the only reason he was brought in. If if you're if you're hearing and you said have said it that you keep hearing great things about Jake Haner,
0: coaches love Jake Haner. Okay,
1: well if the coaches love Jake Haner, then why would they? I mean,
2: okay. it, see, here's the thing: it's yeah. the classic case of is it Mr. Right or is it Mr. Right now? Uh-huh. Okay, so what are we talking about? Are we talking about the guy that can play against Eastern? Or are we the guy? Are we talking about the guy that has to go to you, uh, Stanford is it at USC or, are or whatever? At
1: USC this year? No, it's no, you. it's no. up here. That's right.
2: But, that's but right. I'm just saying. I mean, that, are we talking? You know, again, day four. I'm talking about the guy right now who looks like he would give them the best chance if they had to play Eastern Washington this weekend. I don't think that's Jacob. I don't think that's any of them other than probably Jake Kaner.
0: At this point, yeah, I'd I'd have to strongly, strongly, strongly disagree with you on that, Jake. Uh, why? What have you seen? Well, did you see he had a pick six, and he should have had two more interceptions today as well? You know, so when we talked, <laughs> did you see
1: that yeah. Jacob Eason had four picks on Saturday? No, because practices practices exactly, closed. <laughs> that's what we've heard. So, I mean, it's just there's such a mixed bag. There's only yeah. so much that we can go on, and if you're going on, if you're going on intuition. That's
2: one thing. Yeah. I mean, you, you, Kim, you're, you're, you sound like you're just kind of hoping and wishing that no, that's no, the guy, because he's
0: the shiny toy. Oh, not at all. Not at all. I think that Jay Kaner would be a great story. I mean, he's what five foot nine, no, he's taller than that. He's taller than on that. One hundred eighty pounds, you yeah. know. So mm-hmm. he'd be the big story, and that would be, you know, a huge national story mm-hmm. if he was to win that job. And I just, we, would, to, we would lose half of the people on our board because they would jump <laughs> <laughs> off the bridge. Jump off the bridge. happened. I just don't think there's any way yeah. that that that. that I mean, health, well, if health is what right. I said. But again, Scott asked the question, did we think that Jake
2: Browning was going to be the starting quarterback as a true freshman at Boise State? Well, no, but I, th- I think what we thought back then because was... Who, who was there? We got Jeff Lindquist? Well, no, we
0: thought it was going to be Jeff Lindquist, but then the thing that we didn't know was that Jeff got hurt. That was... Well, you know, and if, and if, that goes back to what Scott told you, And if Jeff had been healthy, it would have been interesting to, who would have been the guy, but there again... That was Jonathan Smith wanting his guy, who was mm-hmm. Jake Browning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's politics involved in starting jobs, too, at okay. times. Well, so we'll see. I
1: guess we'll, we'll just have to see. I, I just I don't think you can say with any sort of surety who the starting quarterback is as of
2: today. I'm taking bets. All right, <laughs> I'm taking bets. Well, how, how, it must be very, very interesting to be a Bush Hamden or a Chris Peterson, knowing in the back of your head that you already know who's going to be the starting quarterback against Eastern Washington. Yet you're trying to actually get something productive done for the rest of spring. That's what. It, that's why I don't buy it.
0: Yeah, you know, and I kind of go back, and I know you guys hate it when I go back this far, but when um, you know Jake Locker was named the starting mm-hmm. quarterback without having to earn it, yeah. he was just anointed. You know, and it really pissed some seniors off that you know he was just anointed and felt he didn't mm-hmm. have to earn it. Now a lot of people thought that he was the best quarterback, but they felt he should have been out there to earn it. So how much of that's really going on too? With they want you know if they, okay. if they know Easton's let's the guy they want way. him to earn I know we're it. We're
1: getting really off track here. Yeah. but let's put it this way, Kim. At the end of spring ball, do you think Jacob Easton is named as the number one quarterback?
0: I think they're going to use the word or. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Okay. Okay, so why? Is it purely political? Is it purely strategic? You see that on the on the depth chart all the time. No, but I'm asking Lord. you why. No, he's
1: asking you why.
0: Oh, like I said, I think that they want him to earn it. Okay. Yeah. I so it's that's strategic. It. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Yeah, and... You um, can agree
1: to disagree. What I love is this guy yells at me all the time about not couching stuff correctly uh-huh. on our message boards, and yet he says there's no doubt in his mind. He's oh, a Yeah. Risk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, just uh, real just real quick, Jacob Sermon did some nice things. Um, Colson Yankoff, like you said, he's come a long ways, but he looks yeah. like he's still struggling at yeah, time he, figuring out I think the game. a, a
1: lot because Colson does throw a nice long ball, mm-hmm. but he's not putting enough air on the long ball. He had a couple where guys were open down the field, and he just did Marquis Spiker, he had two straight throws. Now, one of them was a penalty, so that's why he kind of threw it up, Right. Because there was an offsides or something like that yeah it was a free it was a free, was a free play. play. yeah, so uh, he threw it down the down the right side well I guess it would have been the it would have been the east sideline is what it would have been and um, if he had thrown it out in front of him on either one of them, those are touchdown passes because Marquis Spiker had gotten behind his guy and then he, he had another one which i don't know if it quite was his fault where he had it go through Andre bacelli's hands, but if he had thrown it out maybe a little bit further. Maybe it would have been an easier catch for him. So who knows? But I think he's coming along. We haven't seen him air it out very much since he's been here. And today he aired it out a couple times. It
0: just looks like the game hasn't slowed down for him yet. It's going to happen. He's just not there yet. I
1: think it is slowing down for him. I still don't think that he's quite there. And I'm not saying the kid's stupid or anything. No, no, no. He's just not processing things. Quite as quickly as he's going to need to, if he's going to challenge those a well, talk. About, I
0: mean, you've said it numerous times. What the offense he had in high school, yeah. Scott?
1: Yeah, I mean, and you know they run what they run, and they run what's going to benefit, what's going to make the most use, most use of what he can do. And when we're dr- when he's dropping back and passing in Washington system, I don't think if, if Colson Yankov was thrust into the starting gig at the University of Washington he would not be running a lot of this drop-back passing stuff. He'd be using his legs more. He'd be doing more with his legs. He'd be more of a threat to run the ball. He'd be doing zone read. He'd be doing what RPOs and things like that. So I think the offense that he's playing in is not one that would necessarily feature his skill set, and I think if he was to be that guy, I think Bush Hamden has a certain... Play package, I guess we'd call it, in mind for what he'd do if Colson Yankoff was his starter.
0: I had a chance to talk to Jordan Pow Pow, asked him about Justice Warren. Justin has indeed left the program. He said that Justin, you know, Justice. Justice, Justice I called him Victor Kern earlier. <laughs> <laughs> who,
1: who did you no, call Victor no, no. Kern? No, Devin Colt.
0: I oh, called yeah. Devin Colt Justice Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: So, anyway, Justice Warren. <laughs> wow. That went really off the rails yeah. quickly.
0: Yeah, well, that's me. But, anyways. Um, he wanted to play defense. Yeah.
1: Is what he wanted to do, and they're going to support him in helping him find a place to land that he can play defense. So, is he in the transfer portal? Sounds like it, yeah.
0: I wouldn't be surprised to see him yeah. wind up at Montana State. What,
1: I mean, with Jeff. Uh, Jeff Choate. Jeff Choate, yeah. Um, another place uh, that wouldn't surprise me is Portland State, because I think he had some, some interest from them coming out of high school. Um, he's got options to go different places, so yeah. we'll, we'll see. He's a smart kid. My guess is he'll finish up spring quarter at the University of Washington and find a place to play for his last year or two. Jordan
0: Powell, Powell said they do everything they could to help him yeah, out too. Exactly,
1: and and let's be honest, it frees up a place for someone in this class coming
0: up. Right. So. Uh, also, over the weekend, uh, big commitment for University of Washington and Jordan Pow. Yeah, uh,
1: Mark Redman, not related to Rick Redman. It's just different so spellings. Di- different spellings. Is it?
2: No, it's not. Same spelling. Yeah, R E D M A N. Same spelling. Yeah.
0: I thought it was a different spelling. No, No. uh -uh.
1: no, same spelling. Not related to Rick Redmond, just so everybody knows. Anyway, uh, 6'6", 250-pound tight end, can run the middle seam, great hands, can can run almost any route that a tight end needs to run. Uh, out of Corona Del Mar, teammate Ethan Garbers has already committed to the University of Washington. Quarterback. Yeah, quarterback, sorry. He had already uh, been up to the University of Washington back in the fall for a game, so he already had that game day experience, and then he just wanted to get back up here one more time and commit in person. And uh, committed to Washington actually on um, Saturday night, but didn't announce it yesterday. Or, I'm sorry. Committed on Friday night, didn't announce it until Saturday afternoon.
0: So, also big time wide receiver in. Uh, it was up here, difference maker, playmaker. Gary
1: Bryant, yeah, yeah uh, wide receiver out of uh, Corona Centennial, five ten, hundred and I think we have him 160. I, I don't know if that's accurate because he looks a little bit big, bigger than that, but five five ten, one sixty. Really good out of the slot. I think Washington really wants to get – if they if they had, I think, their druthers and, and who they, they would love to get in for the 20, uh, 20 recruiting class, they want to take three wide receivers, I think it would be Johnny Wilson out of Calabasas, um, Jaden McMillan from San Joaquin so – Yeah, Fresno. San, Fresno area. And then um, Gary Quit, Bryant. Quincy Pondex from Yeah, Pond yeah, yeah basically. So – uh, really, really good player. I, I don't think they're going to end up getting Johnny Wilson, but, man, I think they got a great shot with Jaden McMillan. And then Gary Bryant, you know, I, would, I, I still believe USC holds the leading spot, but I think Washington made up a ton of ground. On this, on this visit, this is his first chance to ever get up to the University of Washington. Got a chance to sit down with Coach Adams. Got a chance to sit in Pete's office with his mom. Brought his mom up. She gave her seal of approval if he wanted to go to the University of Washington. So now it's going to come down to official visits. He's taking an official visit to Oklahoma this weekend. Um, that's his first official. And then his other four officials, Washington will be one of those, will be in the fall. And Washington will tell you over and over, we want to get guys for official visits first two weeks of December, one of those two weeks, and then have it wrapped up. We don't want to do it in the middle of the season. We don't want to do it in this April to June window that kids can come up on official visits. We want them. Because look what happened with Asa Turner. He took his visit in June last year. And they had to hang on for dear life and almost didn't get him, so I think they want to get they want to push these official visits really late in the process
2: real quick I, I'm going to quiz you on the on the roster with Jalen Johnson now graduated and no Kentrell love. does that mean there's no corona unchanal guys here anymore?
1: boy um I think you're right on that now that you've said it um, yeah, Washington's had some success with. Corona Centennial, yeah. and they have uh, Corey, and I'm drawing a la- uh, blank on his last name. He's a, he's a big-time kid from there for the 2021 class, a defensive end that they're after from there as well. Played the same role that Jalen Johnson did. Um, they were after the kid who uh, Jackson Foreman? Jackson. Oh, yeah, Corey Foreman is the 2021 kid, but Jackson is the one who signed with USC, but Drake Jackson, and he visited Washington officially last summer as well. So um, I think Washington really likes Corona Centennial. It's one of the better... Uh, public school programs down in that area they're one of the few in the trinity league i think aren't they or is the trinity league it might only be private schools i don't know what it is anyway corona centennial really good program down there washington is recruiting that area pretty heavily because the inland empire is loaded with talent and that's keith
2: Bonifa's area
0: final <laughs> thoughts chris fetters from beginning of week two yeah, yeah
2: i would just say overall um you know, it was nice to get outside. It was kind of ironic because we got we came in and it was not raining and wondered why everyone went inside. And then when they went outside, it started raining. It started raining,
0: raining yeah. So, um, <laughs> they were waiting for the yeah. rain. Yeah, so,
2: so it was one of those things where it was just, okay, that's fine. And, I, you know, I, I just think, again, it was the defense showing the day. And, and, and Keith Taylor with the pick six was great to see. Um,
1: Especially after getting beat last Friday. Right. You know, on a couple plays. Right. right.
2: And, you know, that's the defensive back mentality you got to have, right, mm-hmm. next play and forget about it. And um, so I thought overall I thought the defense did a good job. Um, you know, that quarterback battle, again, I agree with, with you, Scott. I think it's going to go all the way to the very end. Um, even if in the mind, back of their head, they have a, a guy in mind, Even even if they do already. I, uh, there, there's no way they're going to tell those guys. There's just no way they're going to do it. So um, I just think we're, we're right smacking the dog days of it. And uh, again, like you said, a lot of special teams work, a lot of detail, a lot of technique. So. Well,
1: and they, they had the chance to get the film from Saturday's scrimmage, watch it on Sunday, the coaches did, and then they come back, they know what they need to coach. After after
0: that, Scott, so. final thoughts.
1: Uh, final thoughts. I you know I would agree with Chris. I thought it was a really good good day for um, the defense. Uh, I think the offense had their moments. Um, I love the seven or the nine on seven drill. Um, it's one of my favorite drills of camp, where you just the the defense knows they're going to run the ball the offense has to figure out a way to get it blocked and uh it's it's fun watching that um because it's 7 on 7 but then you have the quarterback and running back so that makes it 9 on 7 and it's 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 a very physical physical uh uh drill and I, that's one of my favorites the offense definitely had their moments the defense had theirs as well so um overall good day Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on Wednesday with the quarterbacks who who comes out and maybe throws the ball a little bit better, makes better decisions and things
2: like
0: that. Yeah, kind of a boring day, uh, you know, to be honest. uh, Not a lot going on out there, a lot of fundamentals. But that's just what they do. When they emphasize special teams, it's just kind of – yawn for us. It needs to get done and they need to get the work in, but not a lot of yeah. exciting and, and a lot, not a lot to report on that. They didn't do much place kicking today though on special no, teams. No, they didn't. They, they
1: did punting. Yeah. Not, not and,
0: special And teams. the other thing we're looking forward to seeing, we haven't seen too much of is a one-on-one with the off- offensive linemen going against the defensive lineman. We haven't seen any of that no. yet. Mm-hmm. So waiting on seeing that. Uh, still a lot more to go. You know, we're just, the, you know, beginning of the second week and what's the third practice that we've seen so far. So yeah. uh, you know, still a long ways to go. And offers are open. I'm still willing to bet either one of you anything that Jacob Eason is the starter against Eastern. He'll,
1: okay, we'll, okay, we'll talk. Against we'll
0: talk. Eastern. We'll, yeah, think of something imaginative. Does it so. do uh, injuries count? Yeah, sure, why not? Oh, man. <laughs> Why not? So, anyways, okay. um, it's just real quick, Scott, um, they had several visitors, you know, the main ones you mentioned, anything going on uh, this upcoming week with recruiting?
1: Well, I'll be talking to some of the guys that visited Maliki Matavel, one of the top tight ends from the 2021 class, was here <clears throat> over the weekend. Um, there are a few other guys on campus that uh, one guy I believe is going to be a walk-on. Um, Carson Smith, I think, is going to be a walk-on. Uh, he and I are supposed to talk tonight. Um, There's Nick Geron, who's a 2019 guy who is supposed to walk on or possibly be a walk-on. He's from St. Francis in Northern California. He uh, is a guy that I'm hoping to talk to today, too. So just keep an eye out. I'm going to have a blog up tomorrow as well um, with some thoughts on tight end recruiting and some other things like that. Ben Yurasek, the guy from Bakersfield. Christian, who's a Bellevue native who moved down to Bakersfield. He'll be here this weekend, so that's another Big tight end prospect prospect that Washington is trying to get in the boat. Um, I don't think he's going to make a decision anytime soon, so nothing real urgent on that. But I just want people to be aware they're going to take one more tight end in this class, and we're going to discuss that in tomorrow's blog. There's also some other just quick updates on some local guys that I want to talk about as well.
0: Uh, Matisse Theibel being named Defensive Player of the Year over the weekend. Big Huge. honor for uh, Matisse Theibel. I'm going to try to touch bases here within the next week or so with Coach Mike Hopkins. He's out of town. He's at the Final Four. So. He was
2: actually named twice because
0: yeah. he won the Lefty
2: Drizel Award for the Best Defensive uh, Player of the Year, and then he won the Naismith Award also for the Best Defensive Player of the Year. So. Twice as nice and fully deserved.
0: Yeah, so good stuff there. Um, Also, we'll have something on Jen Cohen coming up shortly. Had a chance to talk with her last week. So she touched bases on the uh, Adidas stuff, which is probably what most of the people are more than likely excited to hear about. So uh, for all of us at dogman.com. Do the newsletter. Oh, yeah, we're back to that. We had a little bit of a hiccup yeah. on there, so I got beat up. Don't send any newsletters. But, um, yeah, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, just shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com. We'll send you that newsletter and keep you up to date with what's going on on Husky football. And a lot of you guys have subscribed and listen to the podcast. You know, the newsletter is more or less designed for people who just check once in a while and don't follow it as is in-depth. Send the, you know, tell your friends, you know, to sign up for the newsletter. It's a good way to get them more interested in Husky football. When we have commits, any breaking news at all, we'll make sure to get those out right away and keep you up to speed, as well as just links, you know, and updated information on the website. So, uh, like I said, pass those along to your friends. HuskyStadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter, and we'll get that out. Victor Kern, I apologize for confusing you with Devin Culp. And uh anyway, so I'm Kim Grenolds with Scott Ecklin, Chris Fetters. Go Dogs.